Welcome to After the JAG Corps, Navigating Your Career Progression, a podcast for judge advocates leaving military service. After the JAG Corps assists officers transitioning from the military law practice by learning from individuals who have successfully embarked on new careers, providing insight on rewarding professional opportunities, job search strategies, resumes, the value of your military experience, and more. Now, here is your host, Tom Welsh. Tonight on the podcast, I have Sean Georges. Sean is a Naval Academy graduate and a former Marine officer who spent 13 years in the Corps, including as a judge advocate. So, Sean, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Honored to be here. If you look up his LinkedIn page, you'll see servant leader is the first thing that comes first. And Sean and a co-author have just released a book on mission, which is about leadership. And we're going to talk about that book tonight, too. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your career and that decision to punch out and those sorts oh, yeah. of things that we want to know about you. Absolutely honored. Yeah, I uh, you know originally from the Midwest, grew up in Indiana, Illinois. Went to the Naval Academy to serve and also to try to figure out who I was as a leader. I guess that was one of those central sort of important questions in my head from childhood. I was a strange child. But at Annapolis, saw enough Marines walking around that I knew I wanted to see if I could be like one of those. So took a commission in the Marine Corps upon graduation and ended up at 2nd Recon Battalion at Camp Lejeune. Did a tour there at Lejeune. I was logistics and supply. Nothing too impressive, but got to go to jump school and got to do cold weather training in Norway and did a bunch of fun and exciting stuff. Got picked up for the law program and uh, went to the University of Illinois for law school. Later in the Marine Corps, they sent me to the Army JAG school, and I got an LLM and international law, law of war stuff. I left as a major in 1996, but prior to that, got to be a SJA for the 31st MU SOC out of Okinawa. Just a tremendous opportunity and set of experiences. You know, had the time in as a trial counsel, defense counsel, senior defense counsel, special assistant U.S. attorney. Got to do, you know, all of those kinds of things. Find my way around in the courtroom and try to develop some comfort there. So East Coast, West Coast, Westpac, and then training along the way. Was headed to the Pentagon in 96, had orders pending. And of course, this was well before 9-11. It's actually a decision one part of me regrets was getting out then. But I decided to leave the Marine Corps. Fortunately, it was voluntary, I can say, (laughs) happy to say, but left in 96 and joined a civilian law firm back in the Midwest. After about three years there, missing desperately being on a team, I then went in-house a retailer based in Evansville, Indiana, as general counsel and actually head of HR for this retailer, about 400 stores, 6,000 employees in 35 states. So really an interesting (laughs) career change. No operational law, no uh, (laughs) rules of engagement have been issued since 1996 under my hand. But in any event, it's been a journey. I retired from corporate America last October. We can talk about what I've been up to since then. But boy, wouldn't trade anything. What a great, grand, amazing adventure, along with some remarkable officers and enlisted along the way. Just remarkable. 
as I'm sitting here and we're seeing each other on Zoom, you may have left the Marine Corps, but from your background, I saw yeah. I see that the Marine Corps never yeah. left you. Yeah. They say about the Marines are fanatics. What about about being Marines? Boy, I guess I drank the Kool-Aid. To entice you to come see me, I live about 10 minutes from the National Marine Corps Museum down here in Dumfries, oh, wow. Virginia. So oh, nice. I wanted to touch upon that aspect of being part of a team and with why you went in in-house counsel. As I look at my future, that's one of the things I seek is to be part of a team. And, and I think, and you can clarify, getting part of that mission that's something greater than yourself. It sounds like it's a real struggle. It can be. I don't think we really realize, whether it's Navy, Marine Corps, whatever it is, first of all, how aligned we are to that. Or we probably wouldn't have walked down that road, right? Being on a team, being a part of a team, contributing as a leader and follower, sometimes in the same moment, you're leading and following. But I think that both my definition of who I was and, and maybe me at my best is in that kind of environment. I love being a teammate. I love looking to my left and my right and making sure that people are doing all right and I'm serving them. I love what teams accomplish. So I was, you know, after leaving the Marine Corps, three years in the private sector, keeping track of every, you know, every 10 minutes of my time, right? Which client am I going to bill this to? And you get little pieces, you get pieces of, uh, and every once in a while, you actually get to meet a client. And, you know, I left the Marine Corps as a major and was a new SAA and a deputy staff judge advocate and a special assistant U.S. attorney. And you come out into the civilian world and it's uh, you're a junior associate in a law firm and you're reestablishing your credibility, making sure you got your feet under yourself. You know, you're sort of you've got to win the battle again. It's a start over. So they don't care where you were and what you did and how many courts martial, you know, you handled. And also you have to figure out, you know, who you are as a lawyer. You know, the journey really uh, just kicked off again. You just released a book with a co-author, right? Yes. On mission, your journey to authentic leadership. Right. And I was sharing with you before we went on the air here that I was talking to somebody else today and, and he's saying, you know, we bring leadership. And it was a young former army JAG officer saying, you know, we bring leadership. That's something that really carries a lot when we're approaching these civilian firms. Right. And I've heard others say that. So let's talk about leadership. So first of all, what was the motivation in undertaking this apparent labor of love <laughs> to issue this book? Oh, great question. You know, I think, uh, and I'm not saying the Marine Corps has a corner on the market, but as you all know, from day one, uh, the basics go on Quantico, this phrase is bouncing around, leaders eat last, leaders eat last. I think it is true that in the Marines, the primary responsibility for an officer, regardless, I mean, doesn't matter whether you're a pilot, you're a JAG, whatever you're doing, it is first. I mean, mission failure as, as an officer is leadership. You either get that and you're learning and doing that right, serving your Marines in the direction of mission, or doesn't matter how good you are in the courtroom, doesn't matter how good you are flying a jet firing rounds downrange. So this whole concept of leader first, I took that on board. And I took it with me during the transition. So 
one of the things I had to figure out is how do you lead without the uniform and the rank and the culture around you? Do the same things that mattered in the Marines matter to civilians when it comes to leadership? And what I discovered <laughs> after really paying attention and, and trying to figure it out is that, yes, it is about serving your teammate, this person with whom you're sharing a mission, might be a family member, might be somebody on a trial team, might be you know someone in the community, someone that you share a mission with, your job is to serve them in the direction of that mission, service mission. And what I learned is that that was absolutely the case. Uh, it wasn't about rank. It wasn't about resume, whether you were a West Pointer or a, an academy grad, whatever. It was who you were in that moment, how you engaged with them, how you cared for them, what you brought to the table. And it is from this sense of service that, you know, I, I developed just kind of a, along with my my lifelong buddy, guy I grew up with since third grade. He was a force recon uh, Marine officer, retired as a lieutenant colonel. We stayed in touch over the years. So we wrote this book because we saw this. Lots of titles, lots of VPs and presidents and CEOs and managing directors and executive directors uh, flying around everywhere. Every organization has them. But who was leading? And that begs the question, who was preparing them to lead? And it's really no one. So what we saw was an opportunity and, and in our view, a responsibility to try to, you know, sort of turn the light on in the darkness. Not that we had all the answers at all, but we, we did have an experience from a culture that valued and showed the value of, you know, authentic leadership. And so John and I, my buddy, about 10 years ago, we started working on a book, really just to fine tune and hone our ideas and our concepts so that we could then teach and coach around leadership. He, uh, after leaving the Marine Corps, got his PhD. He taught at Brevard College in Western North Carolina. And in outdoor wilderness leadership, he's an experiential leadership educator and just an amazing guy. I'm an extrovert. He's an introvert. We can both lead. <laughs> he can probably do more push-ups than I can, but uh, you really get down to the what is real about leadership. And so over 10 years, John and I just really challenged each other around definitions and concepts. And, and we put, we crafted a, a book, which uh, was just published yesterday and hit number one on uh, Amazon in, in uh, a couple of different categories. And we're, we're real proud of it. It was hard work, but we're hoping to try to help people take responsibility for their learning journey to develop their capabilities as leaders. Now, in all fairness, I, I have not yet bought the book, and I will buy nope, it. No and, problem. Uh, I'm assuming that it has antidotes from both your Marine Corps time and your civilian journey after leaving the Corps. Absolutely. And Includes all of those. Yep. Including, I'm assuming, examples of bad leadership as well as good leadership. Absolutely. And this is one of the points that we make in the book, is that your learning journey 
if you're paying attention, making it a deliberate, intentional learning journey, then by gosh, you will learn a great deal from somebody who doesn't get it or who is abusing authority. Learn about what is not working in this scenario and resolve never to do that. Somebody uh, embarrasses another person publicly or acts out of powerful ego first kind of an approach or gets off track and off mission. And it's really about them, not about what we are trying to accomplish in the direction of the mission. Learn. Don't ever do that to another person. (laughs) So, yeah, we don't always get great examples. You can learn from all of it, though. So, Sean, you know that this podcast is mainly geared towards JAGs who are either coming to the end of that line statutorily, like guys like me, or are deciding to leave the service. And taking this concept of leadership, how can they demonstrate leadership, for example, when they are in the job interview? We always list leader or leadership on the resume, but actionable, how do you make that happen? And I know you you can rely on things that happen in your career, but one of the problems that I see is we're surrounded by a lot of good leaders, some bad leaders too, but good leaders. And you tend to take this stuff for granted when you're on this side of the fence. Kind of help us out. I threw a lot at you there. No, 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 it's actually, and I've been down that road that was, in fact, I I think the reason why I got the job at the retailer, the publicly traded company was specifically because of the leadership aspect. You can say with humility, and that's a great word to use, but it's not about, well, I led you know, a division of, you know, soldiers in a whatever, for a civilian trying to understand how that relates, what you can do is present a really clear picture of who you are as a leader. I remember, you know, meeting with the CFO. It was a brand new legal position in-house counsel with this growing retailer. And he's kind of like, you know, who are you? Well, I'm a lawyer. Great. We need a lawyer. That'll be awesome. But who are you? And what I told him was, You know, I define myself as a leader first. And here's what I mean about leadership. I don't have to be the leader, but as a leader, my responsibility is to serve my team in the direction of our team's mission or the greater organization's mission. I have clarity about that. I have experience in doing that and maybe offer a couple of examples led in this situation, led in that situation. If you can be clear about what leadership is to you and what it means, then here, this may be a follow-on question. Maybe you can fill this kind of, you know, fill in the color on this. Well, how would that translate to you as a lawyer in this organization? Great question. That means that I am not the one with all the answers, right? And I am not the decider on all things. But that means that what I can do is elevate and help the decision makers understand with clarity what the issues are, what the range of of opportunities are, clarifying issues. I can also help with socializing decisions. Once decisions are made, who do we need to speak to? How do we need to communicate? You know, one of the things we learn in the military as JAGs is how to communicate in an organizational context. So it's not just, 
we help commanders make the best decisions, hopefully, with an understanding of the ramifications from a legal perspective. I mean, they often use us to, hey, you know, Sean, come here. I need you to put this into words. Yes, sir. You know, or I need you to help me to think logically through this issue. Talking about the value, not about how great you were in the courtroom. You know, there'll be time over a beer for those stories. You know, they want to know what you can bring to their mission. What kind of a teammate are you going to be? And what kind of a leader? So if you can communicate that you're comfortable with, here's how you define leadership, you're comfortable with leading, you love it, in fact, it's a part of who you are, uh, what it means to be a teammate, and, and what it's like to work with you, that is much more effective, I think, than here's my bronze star, I'd like you to read this, you know, I got a meritorious service medal, and here, and look at what I did, and there, there are a lot of disconnects. Uh, you know, I jumped out of perfectly good airplanes. All right, so you're a lunatic. You know, I don't know what to do with that. But know their business a little bit. Know something about their world when you go in to talk to them. But don't pretend. Don't act like you're this, that, or the other thing. This is who I am. This is what it will be like to work with me. And here's what I'm looking for from the people around me. I like to be challenged. I like the truth and I like to have context so that I, I can help you make possibly better decisions. Here's how I brief. I, I like to sort of encapsulate issues in this way. Try to give them a sense of what it would be like day to day to have you coming in and working alongside them. Less about the military stuff, more about the skills and sort of who who you are and what you do. That's really the, the sense I think that you want to bring to the table. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And, yeah. and as you were going through that, I, I mean, I've talked to a few corporate counsel or people that have gone on that are part of the team that are in there with the day-to-day, -day, that it's not a lawyer sitting in the office yeah. on call. And that's, you know, you go back to your SJA experience, especially yeah. if you've had the, the privilege of deploying of being on a ship, of being in the operations meetings and of yeah. being in the FCC, for example, and being there with them as situations unfolded and, and, and I guess embracing the suck with them in a lot of ways no and not question. being neutral and detached. And it sounds like that carries a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in fact, if you've had those kinds of experiences, that's a great sort of story to share. You know, for me, I, I, I was fortunate enough to, to be able to say, hey, here's what a peak experience as a, an SGA uh, on a Mew was like and, and kind of describe this mission. And there's the, all of the, the characters doing what they do in the room and, and you understand your role. You know, you're not like the jag in that show where let me take a plane up. Give me a jet. You know, I'm in charge here or whatever. You know, we're in, we're like enablers. Yeah, we're in yeah. We serve and support. We take care of our people. We identify issues. We brief them with care. And we drive through to complete, you know, mission completion. And that's what they're looking for. They need responsible people who can help them to see around corners I think I spent more time during my 22 years as general counsel and uh, senior vice president of HR helping to build the culture, values, here's what we believe in, 
helping them to get clear about who we are and who we are not, and then making decisions that are aligned, helping them to make decisions aligned with that, both on the personnel side and, and on the operations side. Sometimes challenging decisions in the right way, professionally, but once the general makes a decision, you salute and you carry on, do the best you can. But and up until that point, if you have an objection, then state it well. Don't be, you know, don't make it personal. Keep it professional. It's the stuff that made us successful as JAGs are the same things that they need that a CEO or a board of directors wants in their in-house counsel. And we've had lots of experiences to feed into that. So try to make that visible. That's what they're looking for. Who is this human being and who is this lawyer? We're a little bit different because we've had some different experiences. Try to try to play that out a little bit. And I guess, you know, I'd ask you as, again, going from the only culture that I've known, have you seen that or been exposed to that where serving in a position of, a stated position of leadership where the person, it was all about them and the title and not necessarily building the culture and knowing, for example, the name of the janitor and saying hi to the janitor on the way. And have you seen that? Have you been exposed to that? Not necessarily the company you worked at, but maybe other places. Let's see. I'm not sure how widely distributed this will be. I've seen it up close and personal. Okay. And, and here's my response to that. First of all, nothing lasts forever. That particular CEO didn't stay. I, I outlasted them. And here's the thing, and, and I absolutely believe this, regardless of those kinds of things, you will have the responsibility, opportunity and the responsibility to lead those around you as a servant in the direction of mission. So first of all, regardless of whether you've got, you know, somebody who's like thinks they're wearing a crown at the top, you lead in that way. You engage in that way. You try to influence as a servant up to the side, your peers, you take care of your team. And ultimately, and it took me, <laughs> it took me probably longer than it should have, might have been 15 years or so until finally there there was sort of, well, what is that thing Sean is doing? What's that thing? And then I got invited to actually deliver leadership training. And then there was a change at the top. And the new guy who I had known for, for years was absolutely aligned with taking care of your people, you know, accomplishing the mission, but serving your people in line with the mission. And we were off and running. Regardless, if you define yourself as a servant leader, and that is your focus with, with the mission focus, but then that's who you are. So it doesn't matter whether you're working for a tyrant, you do what you can do, you know, in the shadows, in the light, whatever. It is who you are unapologetically. And what you'll find is that you can affect change in a dramatic way. It can be frustrating and it can be hard. But you really have no other choice if that's who you are and how you define yourself. And I, I tell you what, the, the leadership aspect of being a legal professional in corporate America is probably more important than how many laws I know. It was how well I worked with my colleagues, the personnel decisions we made, both on you know, current employees and those we would hire. 
you know, I was secretary of the board of directors. How do we engage with the board? How do we engage with the public? All of those things were more about leading, influencing others in the direction of a shared mission than they were about, well, uh, you know, uh, 32 USC section 50, you know, I can find that. I can track those babies down. Or if I've got a member of my younger lawyer who's hungry, I can say, hey, let's talk about this thing. Go get up to speed. And now let's go fight the battle. And I'll lead in that battle. Here's why we're fighting the battle, whatever it is. Here's why we're making this change. Let's do our homework and let's roll. You know, that's leadership stuff, not just lawyer stuff. So I would really both encourage Yeah, just plain encourage those who are making the transition to not be shy, not say, I'm the best leader that ever. No, no, no. I am a humble servant leader, but I know leadership and I know what it means to follow. I've done a lot of both, made mistakes, but here are some of the things I've learned. So I'm clear about some things and I can bring that kind of an approach to your team. I think that is a, a huge gift. I just made a connection here on mission. A friend of mine who runs a career coaching, he doesn't like the word transition. He uses career progression. And the thing that you're reinforcing here is you don't necessarily have to be an expert in all the areas that you're going to walk into. No no more than you were an expert at half the SGA jobs you went in and and had a drink from a fire hose. It's to maintain that same level of humility and authenticity Day one. That, day that is one. kind of beat into you as just the jag and a supporting element, and you're going to be okay. Yeah. And, and you have to win that battle, right? So if you're in a corner and they don't know what to do with the lawyer, or they're used to treating a lawyer in a certain way, what you do is you find yourself in certain ways kind of getting out of that corner, having conversations. Hey, you know, you said this thing or being a good teammate. And what is going to happen? They're going to want you in that room. They need you in that room, but you may have to win that, you know, slowly but surely uh, show them what kind of value you can bring. And don't be afraid. I would say to anybody who's making the transition, I would say this, don't be afraid. I took a pay cut from a major in the Marine Corps to this law firm that I went to. I took another pay cut to come into this publicly traded company, but from there, it went very well. Don't be afraid to step back and get down into the trenches again. Learn your stuff. And what you'll find is that the things you've already, and and the maturity and judgment and your ability to communicate and problem solve, team build and lead, you will rise. If I had parting comments, those would be among them. Well, Sean, your passion is evident on leadership. And I, I think we could have sat here for another two hours, but you better believe I'm going to, to get this book. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your willingness to link up and talk to me about this, both transition career progression and your book. This was time well spent. Thanks for the opportunity. What a, what a joy to meet you. I'm glad we have people like you out there. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe and tell your friends. After the Jag Corps is a TJW 50 Associates LLC production.